Hey everybody, before we get started this episode, I want to tell you about the Banff Center and uh, an event coming up called Story Summit. Visit beautiful Banff, Alberta from March 9th to 11th for Story Summit 2018, presented by the Alberta Media and Production Industries Association and Banff Center for Arts and Creativity. Story Summit is the premier gathering for North American digital content creators, including filmmakers, producers, directors, camera operators, audio and editing professionals, writers, and actors. The summit will include keynote speakers, panel discussions, workshops crafted to sharpen both the technical and creative skills needed to stay relevant and in the game, as well as invaluable opportunities to have one-on-one time to connect with presenters and industry insiders at tabletop lunches and other socials at this unique industry networking event. This third annual summit this year focuses on story, technology, diversity, and inclusion in the ever-changing ecosystem of content and media and entertainment. Keynote speakers include John Giegengack, who will look at trends that are leading the way in the media and entertainment industry, as well as a session with Melissa Mollen-Dupuy, 2017 Amnesty International's Ambassador of Conscience, who will address topics in Indigenous storytelling and authentic content. Session topics include the future in hand entertainment technology, starting at the end of VFX workshop, Modern Casting 101, Camera, Lens, and Lighting, Creating That Look, Getting the Agent and Getting the Deal, and more. See you in Banff, Alberta this March. For more information and to register, visit storysummit.ca. Greetings, filmmakers, and welcome to this week's podcast. This is Damien Petty from IATSE Local 212, and I'd like to let you know about the Respectful Workplaces Workshop. This one-day course is taking place either February 10th or February 11th in Calgary. The course is perfect for all members of the production community and is taught by the amazing Natasha Tony. For more information, please visit the training portal at iatse212.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. You're Scott man. Westby. I am Scott Westby. You're Matt Waterer. Yes. Uh, we are part of Full Swing Productions, and every week we bring you news, tips, and interviews in the entertainment, uh, video, film, and digital media, Alberta. All, from Alberta. all that from stuff. Alberta. Yeah. Um, and this week, uh, we've got a wicked fun guest. For yes. I'm so excited. Oh my God. So excited. Let, let's, let's just blow through the news and get right to it. Yeah. yeah. We got to get to Andrew Fung. It's going to be great. But yeah. before we do... Uh, Oscar nominations just came out. Yeah. What did you think? I thought uh, that it was great that there are some, you know, there's there's diversity for in sure, the nominations. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, At least one female director yeah, that's right. nominated. Uh, and, and I think two of the f- nominated films were first time features for the director. Is that right? Yeah, really? Get Out was Jordan Peele's first. Right, that's true. Uh, and then there was one more that was a first what feature for somebody. Call Me By Your Name, maybe? Maybe, I can't remember. Uh that's cool. Yeah, it is great. Newcomers. That's, yeah, that's and, fantastic. Uh, yeah, some some nice diversity. You know, hopefully we can reach parity someday. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. would be a dream. Um, in Plainview must have been close. In Plainview was close. <laughs> yeah, I think we were, yeah, we were sixth in most yeah, of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so uh, quickly touching on the movie league, I, I'm, I've, I've got, I've got the, the skills are back. I, I was good at when I started and then I got terrible I'm and so now I'm back. Off. I'm so mad at you. <laughs> Because you're like, I'm, I'm going to try this year or this this season. I'm like, yeah, okay, good luck with that. And now like this week, 
I think most, you know, like the, the second place person got 70 million this week. And you it's got usually 90, pretty close. You got but yeah, there's million. a bit of a gap. Yeah. You don't mean to brag, crushed, yeah. but uh, you crushed. Yes. You crushed. Um, but uh, of course, who is Keno Matson? I don't know who Keno Matson is. I don't know if we found that out and I'm forgetting, but yeah, that you're person right. is still killing it. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, to more of that. That's that's ending it, um, it, soon. Yeah, it's brought you right up though, man. I mean, you're in fourth place overall, and you're you know only two million away from Greenie's Playhouse, who's yep. in third, and yep. then Briar's right up there. Kino's got a pretty healthy lead. Yes, though. that's, I think, that's I think true. Kino's the favorite. But I was in 14th overall at one point, so that it goes to show you know you can bounce back. Yeah, I'm still in 12th. I don't think I'm bouncing back, but still. <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's super fun so um if you want to play with us it's open to anybody you just need to know the password which is ab film right that's right uh, and um i think you can find it on our facebook page or in the show notes yeah it's in the show notes yeah. every time for sure and uh uh scott have you ever seen the show kim's convenience i have seen you every have episode of kim's convenience uh, that's I awesome it. i i feel bad i have not seen it you must. Um, but I'm going to, yeah. especially after talking to Andrew Fung. Uh, he he joined us at the dining room table, and man, was it inspiring! Like what a what a great guy who works his ass off, and uh, and and has remained completely humble despite getting one of the best jobs in Canadian film. I think. Yeah, I, I ran out of this place after that interview because I couldn't walk because I was just so excited. Yeah, yeah, to- yeah to just do something. Um, yeah, the conversation pumped both of us up. Yeah, for sure. I hope it does the same for you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. I can't believe you said yes. Of course I'd say yes. I get to hang out, I with, I get, say yes. I get to hang out with you guys. Yeah. I was sitting, honestly, I was sitting on my computer and I, I, I hear some of the episodes and, oh, yeah. and you were the first to break Andrew Fung Kim's Convenience. Uh, the the award, I remember well, on no, Facebook. The, the, the casting. Oh, were we really? Two, on the podcast? Two years ago, really? you guys were like we one were of stoked, the first. Yeah, huh. yeah. So like, I, I remember listening to the podcast yeah. and they like, you, you mentioned me. I was like, oh, I made it on? <laughs> yes. yes. Well, you made and, it on the Greg, uh, the Greg Pang episode too because you asked a, a question about right, the yeah. park. Which yeah. Is- <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to that yet. I, I didn't think you guys were going to take it. I asked the question of whether or not you actually have to pay Impark mm-hmm. tickets. Mm-hmm. What was his answer? His answer was, uh, no, but you'll face the consequences. But wow. he doesn't know what the consequences were. I yeah, guess. it's up to so, Impark, yeah. I think. Right? <laughs> How far they want to take it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I just got a pretend ticket yesterday too. That wasn't really oh. serious, but Starbucks <laughs> was like, "Oh yeah, we'll invalidate that. That's fine." Like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> Don't you have a buddy who gets who has like Impark tickets? I do. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Mike. Uh, he 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 parks in Impark and and when he gets a ticket, he just refuses to pay it. Yeah, and then anytime he continues to park in their lots, they tow him. Yeah, and so he's like, I would rather pay the cab and the tow fee than pay them their really just on their ticket money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He also he's a coder. He makes a lot of money, so yeah. he can afford to. My a jam grudge. used to be going to in park lot and pull a ticket off another vehicle oh, and put it on mine. Smart, right? Because that car's already oh. got a ticket, right? I can't change that, but I can protect <laughs> At least my you car. You can save yourself, right? It's like a human shield. Yeah, yeah. and if that car's still there when I come back, I put the ticket back. No, smart. That's nice. So like, it's cr- it works them, right? But that used to be my jam. That's smart. Yeah, that's that's smart. actually really smart. Now everyone's going to start doing it. And no one's going to know. I don't know who's why we still carry a ticket and put it on our car. The it's whole a good time. point. It's a good point. Yeah, like we should. It's right? like they're going to go in and be like, "Where's this ticket from?" Yeah. No. Like when when, when the person working is like, "Oh, that person already got a ticket." Just move on to the next vehicle. Like they're not that diligent. You're right. They're not paying that much attention that they know. Oh, my recycling's falling. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get into it. How how did uh, how did you go from UFC and you took economics? Economics. Yeah. How did how did that start? And then now you're on TV. Uh, I think it's just, what did you guys take in school? 
Film and video well, production. Yeah, film and video. Oh, in, you guys actually—you're yeah. actually doing the job yeah. you went to school for. Yeah. We're trying. That's yeah. how we met. Yeah. At, at Saint, yes, yeah, Saint. Yeah, yeah. Oh, bless, bless your hearts. For a committing, few of us, a yeah. few of us did it yeah. for committing to to, to that. Um, I went to school for economics, but like not because like I loved economics, but because I had to go to university. Like Asian uh, parents right. forced okay. me to go to university. Gotcha, gotcha. So to get a real to job. To get a real right. job, right. I had to go to university. And legitimately, like I wouldn't know what to have done. Like I would have been eighteen, <laughs> right. like, shitting myself. Like right, what do right. I do? Right. right. So I went to university. It was a safe bet. What was what was um, economics like? What was the play there? Uh, it was it was enjoyable. I took economics okay. two hundred one, and I really enjoyed uh, Dr. Peter Tracy, and 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 I enjoyed like I enjoyed like if A happens, B happens. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. I enjoyed the, the looking at things like um, uh, methodically. Like there's a there's a there's a reason to why things happen. I enjoyed that. Right, right. Uh, so I, I took two hundred one. I enjoyed it. I made that my my major. Did a minor in business. But while this was all happening, when I was sixteen, I joined the Loose Moose Theater Company. Yeah. When you're 16? When I was 16. Okay, so well. before that. Right. And I, got, I didn't tell my parents about it. I lied about it. And What'd you tell them you were doing? I just told them I was hanging out with my friends. Oh, okay. I just said, I'm, I'm hanging out with my friends. They never knew. They, right, hadn't, they right. didn't see a show uh-huh. until I was like 21, 22. Wow. wow. So I, maybe even older. <laughs> and um, I never told them about it. And I was doing that the whole time. So it was always in the back of my mind. And then when I finished university, I got a job working at the sport and social club because I thought oh, I yeah. wanted to work in sports. Okay. Like, um, rec management sure sure i'd worked at the leisure center i enjoyed those roles and but improv was it's still my jam and i think at around that time 23 24 i was graduating university i was an adult i had like a like a place my own place and like that's when i could just like like enjoy and fall in love with improv and just really pursue it right and 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 the truth is i say in 2012 i quit my job um, I was running a nonprofit at that time, which I was very passionate about. Oh, really? I was really passionate because it kind of brought together my interests, like of like uh, public speaking, motivating others, being a leader and a manager, but also doing like good stuff. Right. Like, I didn't want to like, I was, ha- I, 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 whatever I do, whatever my job is, I want to be like making a difference in my totally. community. Yeah. Right. And so. Uh, and you guys get it. You guys oh, have for done sure. stuff. For sure. For we sure. try. Have, yeah, yeah. You guys yeah. have film things. We've not been the executive director of a nonprofit <laughs> That's organization, right. but yeah. But and you're one of the, our few guests who's who has an, uh, a Wikipedia page. So oh, so I what? actually you read that. It. You did your homework. I did a little bit of homework. Yeah. But it doesn't say what the nonprofit was. On it's called Youth Central. Okay. And we I got young people volunteering in their community, and the idea was to get young people passionate about something. Cool. So Just here, anything, right? Anything. Yeah. Volunteering, giving right. back, the arts, sneakers, yeah. sneakers. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. and sneakers, I'd love it. <laughs> but uh, in 2011, 2012, I was like, I'm I'm spending my life telling telling young people to follow their dreams, and I am not, not following, following yours. Mm-hmm. So I quit my job in 2012, interesting, and interesting. I said, I'm going to make a full go at the arts. Nice. And I think that's when my, we might have met, around 2012. It must have been, yeah. And, yeah, let's uh, go to Cowtown, yeah. Yeah, Cowtown was yeah. kind of well, I think it was uh, developing around later, that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And then Cowtown came came into fruition. And uh, I... You, hadn't, you were not acting full-time? Before no. that, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, no. 2012. Holy was shit! When I, I did like I did like a play, right? Because you were uh, like you were still you were known before that. I was known. Right? Like, I was yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hustling improv yeah, yeah, yeah. hard. I was known. Well, and I remember so, seeing you in Edmonton. Like you, like you've traveled with I've improv. Tra- I've been yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think the thing also was that people perceived the idea that I still needed to have a job to be an right. artist. Like I still, you still, what, what right. do you actually do? Right. Yeah. Right. That a lot. Oh yeah. yeah. And so I, um, I, I quit my job and I went after it and I, 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 I told myself like, I'm going to make it work. Right. And it's an economics. If A and B happens, C will happens. And so uh-huh, I yes. just committed to it. And, uh, and then, and then here I am, man. Like you, I just hustle harder and harder. And I use yeah. that word a lot. 
hustle and I, I will outwork anybody. There's people totally. more talented than me. Sure. Much more talented. Right, than right. Me. I will out hustle them yeah, nice. every time. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. But, but w- does having a child not throw a monkey wrench into the, <laughs> Oh, it totally does. <laughs> okay. Having a kid. <laughs> so when did that happen? In your I had a kid in uh, 2000. So we were, my wife and I were on our honeymoon. We were in Chicago. Okay. And uh, we that's found- a weird spot for honeymoon. We went to Chicago, New York. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Boston. We went to the cities. Nice. Big town. Yeah, I yeah. love I love cities in the summer. Yeah. And so we went to Chicago and she found out she was pregnant. And the thing at that time was I had just auditioned for Second City Toronto. Oh, okay. And uh-huh. I was going to move to Toronto right. and to pursue that avenue and that opportunity. Yeah. I did not stay in Calgary. And what I ended up doing was if I said, if I'm having a kid in Calgary, if I'm having a kid at home, I will use this opportunity to stay at home and just take over. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yes, I had a son. Um, baby Fung. Baby Fung. Yeah. Hashtag Baby Fung. That's right. But during that time, <laughs> I produced more and more improv shows. Like, I got into it more and more. Yeah. Right. And now the motivation was, this isn't a joke. This is my career. Right. right? Totally. Yeah. Right. Make, it totally changes it, right? Totally changes yeah. it. And so, what do you start? To, like, how does it? How does it change? Like, how does it change the perspective of what you're doing? Uh, uh, yes, the hustle becomes yeah. more intense, but like, does it change what you will work on and what you won't? And like, you know, like, well, I think I think morally it changes what what I'll work on. Like, I you know, I, I think I think I try to be more aware of like the projects I'm working on and what 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 messaging it has right. and how it affects the communities and the people around me. But I think mainly I, I worked harder because I'm like, I had to make money to, to afford this lifestyle, to afford my family, to, to be able to provide for them. So uh, whenever I put on shows, it wasn't just like, oh, if I, I hope people come. It was like, I will make sure yeah. this is sold out. Yeah. So what's the what's the trick? How do you, how do you get people in the door? That's something I everybody just, wants. To I think do. just being passionate about your work, okay. believing in what you do, thinking your show is the best, right? Uh, but also creating work people will see. Right. Like for me, like when 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 with with uh, my improv partner at the time, when we created Northeast the show and Kill Hard, we were trying to produce shows that people were like, "That's cool. We want yeah. to check that out." So Northeast the show is very much like, "Oh, it's an improv show about the Northeast of Calgary. Well, come check that out." Right. Um, and then I started going after corporate emceeing. I'm like, there's a huge market in Calgary is is full of companies totally. and they have they all big parties, for sure. big parties, sure. big, big launches. I'm like, who should MC those? Totally. It cannot be a newscaster anymore. Right. No right. offense <laughs> to newscasters. Right. But it, there needed to be some energy behind them. So I took sure. over that market. Right. So it was this hustling hard in Calgary. And I, and I do say there's a lot of young artists that will ask me, like, what does it take? And I say, you got to be out there every night. You, gotta, you cannot, I don't take Fridays off. I'm on Fridays. I'm at loose. Right, right, right. I didn't take Fridays off to go hang out or to go have dinner. I, right. took, I, I did Fridays go to loose moose. You hustle hard, being smart, emailing people, asking them if they need an MC, right. making contacts, yeah. going to weird business events, um, making For, friends, meeting, meeting guys like you. Just that's really like, good advice. Yeah. So that like when you're out at things that someone has, if a client asks you, Hey, we want to get a host for this. My hope is that you're like, Andrew Fung. Fung, he's the guy. Totally. He's the guy. You got to yeah. stay top of mind, right? You got to stay top of mind. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I took every opportunity possible to go out there, and and that's kind of how it led to Kim's. I was in Edmonton doing the Fringe. Okay, we had brought Killhard to Edmonton. Yes, which is where I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, which is you saw it in Edmonton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, at a Fringe show. I don't think it was that year though, but yeah. Yeah, and so um, uh, Instroy, the writer of Kim's Convenience, was in Edmonton doing his own show. Oh. He was developing Kim's wow, Convenience cool. series. Awesome. It had just been picked up by CBC. They were developing it. Nice. And he saw a poster, and he came to the show, and we talked afterwards. Holy shit. He went back to his um, 
his his uh his wife that night and said, I think I found kimchi. Unreal. And so that's how, kind of how it happened. Wow. And I went through the process. Of that's awesome. And it's so, that's it's awesome. so funny because it feels like a right place, right time story. Yeah. But it's really not, right? It, like, No, it's you, all that you, work yeah, you, you put in. 3,000 feet above. Yeah. Oh, you just happened to be there yeah. at the same time. But how many of those other moments were you out there pushing and being yeah. present, right? And being out, you know, well, in you're the right. And, you're out there as much as you can. And for me, I learned this. Every show is your show. Mm. Like no matter if there's five people, 10 people or a hundred people. I know sometimes you look at the audience and you're like, Oh, this is a show. We're going to mail it in. I never mail it in. Right. Totally. I always hold myself yeah. accountable. That doesn't mean I'm always good. Right. <laughs> it does not mean that, right, right. but I always means that I will go out there. Yeah. You give it everything, give it, give sure. it everything yeah. I got. And you never know who's watching. You never know what may come of things. And so that's something I've learned, but I have worked relentlessly. That's so funny. That's such an interesting perspective, especially in improv. Um, and this is something I've noticed about you is that, is that you you come with that energy of this is my show, but you don't hog it. That's right. Thank so how, you. What's yeah. the balance there? Like, how do you achieve that? If it's like, this is my show, yeah. but you're not the star necessarily, especially if improv, if it's yeah. such a give and take. Well, I think I think for me, I, I, what I care more about is the show as a whole. I, I, early on in my career, I had some shows where I was wicked hot and the show wasn't great. And I learned right. something. I'm like, oh, like. That's not a good thing. Right. 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 But I've had shows where I was okay, but the show was solid. Right. Yeah. So for my, from in my, in my wiser age yeah. now, <laughs> yeah. growing up, I look at the arc of the show and how do I help the show? And so we're, t- we were talking about a show earlier where you had come out and checked out the food, the boys of FUBAR. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my out. God. So they got a great TV show, uh, FUBAR age of computer. Yeah. And they were coming out to promote the show. They were doing a team and I was doing a stranger things team. That's right. And so I said to my team beforehand, we're stranger things. Yeah. Let's just do. You were really, 11, right? We were, yeah. I was 11. <laughs> yeah. Let's just do really straightforward and solid improv tonight. They, FUBAR will be crazy hilarious. Yeah. You, you got to balance it out. I got to balance yeah. it out because yeah, if we absolutely. try to do what they're doing, the show falls apart. Yeah. But if we do, you know, good improv, we commit to the work we're doing. Yeah. They can do. They can go off the rails, which right, they did. Right. Which they did. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious. Which yeah. is the better thing. Yeah. That's the arc of the show. Better for the show overall. Yeah. And I think I, you know, I'm always having to remind myself because, like, I, I still struggle with this. Like, you know, like, oh, I, you know, Andrew gets tendencies to do certain things. Yeah. But I, I really try to be aware of what is the purpose of the show. Where where is it going? What does it need? Um, and I hope that more more than getting it wrong, I get it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's that's just good advice for anybody who's acting. Right? Is that especially wanting to be an actor, you want to be that one in the spotlight, and, and it's harder and more important to rein yourself in. Right? Totally. Whereas if you're not an actor, it's tough to push to put yourself out there. But you yeah. have to do the opposite. But I think I think that's what I think that's what audiences like. They notice those things. Like audiences yeah. notice when a show is is consistently strong. Rather than just having little peaks, Moments. right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Audiences really value those things. They say they they thank those things. Like I, I literally got an email the other day from a teacher I'm working with at a school. She's uh she's we're, I'm I'm running the high school theater sports tournament at Loose Moose, and she wrote me. She's like, I came and checked out, saw the show. It was really nice that everyone was making these good narrative decisions, taking care of each other, right. Rather than the joke. Yeah. Yeah. She remembered that. Right. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. For her to comment on that. Right. That we were actually trying to support one another. Um, and especially in improv and, and 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 the work that I'm doing, I think that's really important that we do that. And and so I, I work really hard and I've made mistakes. I, I've as a younger performer, I, you know, 
I've done some sh- shitty things. Like <laughs> yeah. I wish I did better. And right. but now I'm like, as, as, as a leader in the community, I'm like, I can do better. I can lead by example. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, doing improv is, is, is has given me everything, you know, for that friend right, show right. to be the show that launched me. Uh, it's given me everything. Cool. Yeah. How does it, how does it trend, uh, transcend the stage improv itself how does that relate to real life because i know there's so many skills oh, that you take out of that. it's great yeah well i think there's so many things that with improv like with improv we teach you to be positive we teach you to accept offers not to block yes and mm-hmm. yes and yeah and I, I think those are big things um for me it's just taking time being in the moment relaxing caring about my partner and it's something i've definitely carried over to to my work on television because that was a transition like yeah i bet going from improv where like i got instant gratification right, right. yeah to a, to, a, to a set <laughs> right where everyone's like no, they don't say a word you're, not, no supposed, laugh. Yeah, you're yeah. not supposed to laugh yeah, yeah. Right. and you got to do the same joke over and over, and over, over again yeah, so yeah, it was like, yeah. and that was hard on I me yeah. the first season no lie after i won my first csa the the reporter was like you know what does it feel like and i looked at her blankly and i said i thought they were gonna fire me <laughs> like i did yeah. i was so nervous yeah. every day on yeah. set wow i kept I, in my mind i kept apologizing for takes i was doing because i was like oh i don't is this funny is this good i don't know if this is good right. i'm so sorry yeah. um thankfully it it, it, was, it was good. Yeah, yeah. Was, thank you. Yeah. People well, I mean, enjoy you, it. You did win an award, you know, yeah. the Canadian Oscar for, yeah. for your performance. And people like, enjoy it. People yeah. have come up to me and they, they, they share it. And people, are, the, the the feedback on the show has been so so yeah. so great. Um, but it was a learning experience. So just trusting that, worrying about my partner, caring about them, yeah. caring about the scene. I think improv teaches teaches you um, um, so many great lessons. But but more so this, I think art as a whole teaches that like i'm sure you've learned lessons from the work you do behind the camera as writers as producers i'm sure you've learned things that you apply in life yeah, that's I think certainly art yeah. as a whole does that what i love the most is that improv to me was so accessible mm, right um as a 16 year old kid growing up in an asian family my mom and dad were not gonna pay for me to go do acting they weren't going to pay for that nor were they going to pay me to go pay for me to go to like theater uh a film school right but improv was free improv is like the dark horse in the the theater and art interesting and and loose moose was free i could go and i have never paid a single cent to do a class there wow and i think that was a thing that changed my life the fact that i could go to this place at no cost and learn and be and do and uh, so that's kind of why I'm here because a place took me in and it was free. Wow. If it wasn't free, I wouldn't changes be doing it. it. Sure. Huh. Yeah. Accessibility changes it. Interesting. Like, 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 um, remember Alan Yang? He's the, uh, he's the head writer of master of none. He received a golden globe or an Emmy award. And yeah. He, he was, he had a message for Asian parents. He's like, buy your kids a video camera, right. get them off the violin or piano. Right. right. More right. Asian right. filmmakers. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But but that there's an honesty there because it's like kids when they have access to certain things that's all they'll know yeah. right of course right yeah um, and so when you open up their access it changes what they know and so so I'm a big advocate for inclusion of 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 minorities in in theater mm. and I've often heard oh there's no like young Asian actors or or black actors coming up and I'm like well how are we changing that right. Yeah. They're not just going to come up. Yeah. Those communities typically 
you know, they, they, they're, they're, they're often immigrant communities and their families want them to do things like engineering, yeah. being a doctor and a lawyer. Yeah. And, and, and so how do we, how do we, how do we shift that? Mm. How do we open it up? Right. And so for me, it was the fact that someone came to my high school and taught us improv, which, which blows my mind. And so having that is, is a life changing thing. So I think it's so important that we do that. And so we hear right now about inclusion scholarships. Yeah. I think that's great. Because that's what it's going to take. Just, totally. just people yeah. like bringing, including others. Inclusion mm-hmm. is yeah. a big thing. So, yeah. Well, that's what's so refreshing to me about Kim's Convenience is I think there's like maybe one white guy actor yeah. on the show. The yeah. British, the, the British. Uh, oh, my friend Gavin. Gavin. Gavin yeah. He's so, he's so funny. <laughs> so, uh, so funny that, that he's my buddy. That he yeah, got yeah, 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 yeah. We, we have so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's so refreshing just to see diversity and not not make any sort of deal out of it at all like they don't yeah, talk about right. how diverse it is they don't they're not like oh you know whatever yeah. it just is what it is and all like all the people coming through the store are all diverse of some nature and yeah uh, it's awesome yeah, I'm, yeah I'm a huge fan of that i think um when the show first came out a lot of the narrative like or a lot of the press was around the representation which yeah. is great i'm so happy. sure well i'm really happy in season two the press just went around how good it is right right exactly yeah, it's yeah. not it's not just like an Asian show. Yeah, it's exactly. a show from all Canadians. Yeah. What I love is that we have a well-represented cast. It's from the perspective of a Korean family. So, yeah. it, so it should, it should, we should have Koreans and Asians on the show. Right. But what we do also have is representation in all cultures yeah, right. and all backgrounds. Um, one thing I was really proud of this season is there's a, there's a, a brief story arc where, where Chung played by my, my talented co-star Simu um, he he uh, he he dates a uh, a uh, 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 Canadian like a Caucasian girl, mm-hmm. and during filming, I grabbed him and I was like, "Dude, you're an Asian male dating a Caucasian girl on TV, and it's not a big deal." Yeah, right. How yeah. Coo- it how is super cool. cool. Yeah. Totally. Is that that we are here now? I like. Yeah, I like what you said. Season one, yes, okay, it's cool. It's it's yeah. breaking barriers. It's yeah. diverse, but yeah. let's like, it's, let's that. just yeah. be a normal show. Like, yeah. let's let's it doesn't have to be yeah. a yeah. diversity yeah. show. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. Right. yeah, and and I think I think that's the hope with all content created by diverse voices going forward that it tells their their point of view i I think i love seeing their point of view because if it's their point of view it's not my point of view right i get to see something different Mm -hmm. totally isn't that what's great about watching film yeah absolutely something absolutely how someone sees the world yeah yeah and 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 i think what gets boring is when you watch something you're like i've seen this over and Mm -hmm. over again well i think that's what's happened is that is that we're finally sick of you know, the white man's voice right now, now women are starting to be able to share their perspective and other, other cultures are being beginning to share their perspective. So I think we're about to enter stories that we've never even really thought to consider before. I think so. And I, and, and and I always like, I I always like, uh, because you're two, two white guys. We are very white. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to diminish the, the white man's voice. It's, 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 it's like, it's like, for me, it's like, now there's opportunities to tell the different white. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like, well, I think, I think white dudes have also been put in a, in a box of like, this is what sells. Right. Whereas, whereas even you two guys, your perspective is very Alberta mm-hmm. and we're not really, we haven't gotten that. Right. You know, and, and we are underrepresented in mm-hmm. the media in For Canada. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And we're often labeled as a very conservative. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um, and so I think it's an evolution of like, we've opened up the storytelling to all cultures and all experiences and all backgrounds. Yeah. And that's really cool. And, and, and so to have a show like Kim's, um, but even honestly, I'll even say a show like working moms where that's from the perspective of, right. of women going back to work. Yeah. Mm. 
And I love reading comments of women saying things like, finally, a show that just acknowledges how hard it is for women to go back. And my wife went back to work after a year and a half. She went back to being a teacher and she came home and she's like, this is hard. Yeah. And so we finally get those stories because like, honestly, you know, like we couldn't get, we can't get any more stories of people sitting at a coffee shop all day long. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. I read, I'm reading Independent Ed, which uh, is all about uh, Ed, Ed Burns and his journey in becoming a filmmaker. And he, his access point, much like you say, was, you know, he was watching uh, Spike Lee and Spie- uh, not Spielberg, um, uh, Scorsese, yeah. like accessing the market by saying, look, this is, this is who I am. This is who I like. This is my heritage. This is my family. This is what it's like to be growing up like me. Um, and that's an access point for so many people. And it's, and it is, yeah, it's time. I think (laughs) that less white people, I mean, I think we're out of the white people stories. He's telling like the (laughs) Irish American story. Um, but yeah, like let's, let's go beyond that a little bit too. And and what's, what's really cool is that like when you go beyond it, there is room for all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's just it. It's universal yeah. still. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You change the main character. Like, with, you know, you, you change the main character. Maybe the main character isn't like a, a white dude looking for love anymore. Right. Right. But if you look at the, the mini project, it became, right. it became a person of color looking for love, but there are still roles for everyone, mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. maybe the roles shift a bit, but there's still room for everyone to participate. Yeah. And, I, and that's why I love inclusion doesn't exclude anybody. Right. We're just including a little bit more people and we're kind of showing a different point of view. And and I really do love that. And so I, I'm very proud of the work on on season two of Kim's and, and, Mm -hmm. you know, we got the screen nominations last week and it was congrats. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And you've won one. I've won one. It is, it is. I polished it last week. (laughs) Uh, I polish it a lot. It's right here beside you. Yeah. uh, I'm, it's, 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 it's such an honor. Like it's yeah. so, I'm so thankful. And, um, and I say it a lot and I think people are getting sick of it <laughs> and I've won a lot of awards in Calgary. And sure, like, yeah. I, I, I've said it many times, I'm like, people are getting sick of me. Um, the best of Calgary poll came out this week for, yeah. for, for You're nominated twice, twice. Yeah. And then a girl wrote me, she's like, look who I'm nominated with. I wrote her. I'm like, I hope you win. Yeah. Like, I hope <laughs> you win because, yeah. because. My intent was to like I, I say I work relentlessly, but my intent also isn't to hog the spotlight. Totally. Right, my right, intent right. was just to make enough so I could live. Yeah. So so I want to share the spotlight, and I think it's important that the city recognizes that there is Calgary has so many talented totally. people coming Absolutely. out Absolutely. right now. Totally. Yeah. Um, and I just I want to share that, and, I, and 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 I think that what what happens is the more people leave, like the more people like represent Calgary, the more the spotlight will be put on us. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a great thing. Right. Right. Um, the more spotlights we can have on us, the better. And and I, I really do hope that, that Alberta is like in a renaissance of. of I think it is. Stuff. Yeah, it feels like for sure. I think so. I, I saw a um, I see the Story Hive projects. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what your Facebook looks like, but with a Story oh, Hive season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> woo, yeah. Just rolling through Story yeah, Hives. Yeah, yeah. Right. And like you don't know who to pick because yeah. you, only you only get only five, got five votes. votes. Yeah. yeah. But you got more than five friends, especially mm-hmm. the way this industry is. Yeah. And you got friends on multiple projects. Right, right. But I love seeing the caliber of work come out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. For that kind of a budget, like to see yeah. how great the stuff comes. And it's, yeah, it just makes filmmaking accessible for so many people because they just greenlight so many projects, right? Yeah, they greenlight a lot of projects. I, my hope is that um, 
like my only critique is that I hope that it doesn't. I don't want a writer to be like, oh, I didn't get a story hub grant. Well, time to give up. Right. It's like, no, you got to go hustle five times harder. Even harder, yeah. Yeah. And so I was interviewing Jason Jones um, from The Detour and The Daily Show. Oh, yeah, I want to. SIF this year. And I asked him, he was he was talking about his career and he um he like brought up a point. He's like, then I went through a dark period and then I got on the daily show and I stopped him and I was like, Tell me about the dark yeah, period. We gotta go there, yeah. <laughs> and he I pulled him back like three or four times and he's like, Andrew, why do you keep pulling me back? And I said to him, I'm like, the reason why is because you could talk about daily show all you want. That's a dream to yeah. people in this room. For sure. Yeah. But the dark period. That's a reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You talk about dark period. We have all been or are in yes, yeah. the dark period. I asked him point blank. I'm like, how many failed projects did you write before your first one got picked yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. 40. Right. Oh, 40 wow. Wow. failed scripts that were, some were picked up. Right. And dropped. Right. And then so you sometimes you have a writer or creators or producers that create one or two and they say, yeah. I'm never going to make it. You got 38 or 380. Right. Yeah. And so for me, um, uh, 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 what I've learned is that what I what was hard for me in 2012 when I first started going to acting was I took not getting auditions, like not getting a part really hard. Yeah. Because I was so competitive. And now I know it is just part. It's 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 a marathon. Yeah. It's not a race. I'm, I get. I'm so sad when when actors take it hard, like or or it hits them personally because it's yeah. like there's so many other factors. You could be fantastic. Yeah. But it it just doesn't work with the person you're with or the material or what or your age. What like stuff you can't control. Yeah. I I, I I yeah. I think I think I think I think we as as humans as people we could take things hard, but don't let it hold you back. Totally. Right. Like yeah. I've lost I lost a role uh, uh, last year because I was too short. Really? Like I just between me right. and the person I was playing with, and they're just like, "Hey, you're a little short." I'm right? Like, cool, man. Well, I can do. Like <laughs> I can't, can't do anything about I can't that. Cha- yeah. I cannot yeah. change that. Yeah. yeah. Um, unless I go to Korea and do like a bone right. breaking. They do. There is anything. A, there is oh, one. Terrifying. Like, like, I've heard of it. Yeah, I haven't heard of that. Didn't Rivers Cuomo do it? Pardon? Didn't Rivers Cuomo do it? The lead singer. I think he might have. Yeah. But I think that that is more like. Because he, he had uneven legs. Oh, I see. Okay. So, but there's so one in more Korea a... where they break your legs and they pull the bone apart <sighs> and they let the bone regrow Whoa. between it. It's actually quite like interesting, but like that's a thing now. Yeah. You can gain. Oh, gain right? height. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. You gain it. So, but I could, I, I can't do that. that. I can't it's not do that. I don't think you'd be ready to walk in time for the role. <laughs> the role. <laughs> if you were to... Um, so so let's talk about um, Matt and I when we when we go to speak at state sometimes and we talk about earning your nose as yeah. in the word no right so so I think people who are accepted into film school which is actually really competitive at state or like they get a part um, on their first audition they might have a bit of a jaded perception of how easy it is right so we yeah. say you have to kind of you have to kind of get nine or ten no's before you get a yes right yeah. so you have to the point is to get yourself out there and hustle and earn your nose before you get the yes so you know i mean we, we talked about how hard you were hustling and how you were you know cold emailing people saying hey do you want to host and just staying top of mind how many times did you hear no like how uh i heard a lot of no's for yeah. auditions right i didn't hear a lot of no's for improv or corporate i'm seeing right oh because it was such an untapped market and and the truth is by 2012 i was i was i think i was really good at it yeah um, I had been hosting improv for a lot of years. With that said, if you look at my previous life with just improv and having a nine to five job, um, I failed a lot at improv. I've made so many mistakes on stage and uh, that's so important. So no's are also mistakes and right. failures. 
and and I've made a lot of those in shows. But to have a place where you could do that is so great. So I tell, you know, young filmmakers, aspiring actors, performers, find your crew where you can do that. If you're an aspiring writer, find a writer's group where you can meet together every week. Yeah. And just listen and tear down ideas and then raise them back up. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're if you want to be an actor, um, join all the non-union acting groups, but also like write some stuff and just create some like yeah. sketches and throw them up on YouTube for sure. Um, act, like act start acting. Too. Yeah. Like like for me with improv, I've heard so many times people say, "I want to get into improv," and I will lay out how they can get into it, and it's too much. Like they, it's like it's too much to do. Right. Because for them, they won't put in the work. But like anything takes work. Everything of course. takes work. Um, and so, especially if it's worth doing, if it's worth yeah. doing. So I've always equated the success of an individual to how hard they work and their, their attitude towards the work. Right. We get to do this. I, it's not that I have to do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We get to go film today. We yeah. get to go do an improv show. I get to come do a podcast that I actually listen to that I've actually come like, you know right. what I mean? Like, right, right, right. so that's so exciting. So I, I I remember Patton Oswalt going off on Twitter about the same thing that that you know like every every opportunity he had was given to him and he did everything he could with it right like you can't you can't let anything go you, you've got to treat no matter how big or small you've got to treat it all with, with your best right yeah yeah I saw Patton Oswalt on Conan in oh, December yeah, yeah. So I was in I was in I was in L A oh sweet L A well you were in the audience I was in the audience oh, sweet. my buddy Levi McDougal's a writer. He got me this oh, killer seats. Awesome. I tour, he showed me the set. Amazing. He showed me the wow, room. Wow, wow. I met met Kate Hudson. I <laughs> sat in Conan's chair. Holy shit. I sat in his monologue spot. But oh Patton God. was there and he's telling the story of how Conan's team forgot to pick him up oh, no. for, the oh, sh- shit. for the episode. <laughs> and so they sent him an Uber. Oh, no. oh my God. And he was just laughing at it. And I'm like, and he was so, he, he had such a great attitude about it. I'm like, that's a guy who's still who's still who still got it. Yeah. Yeah. He could have been he could have been so mad mm-hmm. that they didn't send him a limo. Right. But they sent him an Uber, which to me is amazing. Totally if someone sent sends me you an a Uber, car, yeah. sent me a car, yeah, someone yeah. gave me a ride, yeah. um, I, I would be blown away. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like even when I go to a hotel and someone offers to carry my bag, I'm like, what are you doing? I'll do it. <laughs> Why would you yeah, want to totally, carry yeah. my bag? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, and so so it's stuff like that. And so we we have to remember we're human and we have to be humble about mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have to constantly be working hard. Um, with that said, you talk about earning your nose. I've started saying no to projects. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say no now isn't so much my, like for me, I'm like, Oh, I'm too, I'm too big for it. It's not right. that I look at projects. I want to get behind because it's my time now. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I want to make sure my time is spent with my, my family, my wife and two sons. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure it's time spent with my friends I want to make sure I have enough time to do improv. So when I look at like shows or projects, I am just aware of like, am I going to have fun doing this? Um, is it something that's challenging? Is it something I can get behind? And so that's why I really look forward to it. Mm, right. Um, and so I got a project recently sent by my agent and we, I just wrote it back. I'm like, you know what? This looks really fun. It's just not a message I can get behind. Mm. I just don't believe passionately enough. And I, and I think that, what Kim's allowed me to do, especially play a role like kimchi is that he's very authentic to me. Mm. And so I want to maintain that authenticity in the roles and the work that I do. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, you know, I've, 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 I went from Kim's convenience to a very funny role in the Beaverton as, yes. as a spoof on, on Eddie Huang. Right. To play Eddie Zhang. Yeah. But it's just like, 
I don't know if you if you watch it, it's Andrew without a filter and just right. amped up on the right. sugar. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. we have I have so much fun shooting the sketches. We got another coming another one coming out this season as well. But like I just look for roles that like do reflect a bit of who I am. That's yeah. great. And so yeah, you, you, you earn your nose and you earn your right to say no. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Which oh, that's a yeah. good perspective point. actually. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Totally. That's yeah. a good point. Hey everybody, just a quick break. Uh thank you for uh for listening and uh we want to let you know that Part of the reason this podcast is possible is the Calgary Film Center, uh, which, of course, is the world-class screen-based production facility right here in Calgary, and it's suitably equipped to service uh, any production uh, so that you can execute your next project with ease. 50,000 square feet of purpose-built sound stages, 25,000 square feet of multi-purpose warehouse and workshop spaces, and right next door, right across the street, is William F. White's, and they're Canada's oldest and largest provider of professional motion picture, television, digital media, and theatrical production equipment, and they're getting into camera, too. So who could uh, who could be better to be right next door when you're shooting your, your next project at the Calgary Film Center? And uh, at the Calgary Film Center, they aim to deliver uh, production support for local, international, and national screen industry projects in a purpose built venue designed to service individual client needs as well the calgary film center delivers programs to engage and support innovation and excellence in the film and television industry thanks to the uh, calgary film center for uh, sponsoring uh, this episode and this season of the podcast you can always find out more about the calgary film center at calgaryfilmcenter.com now back to the show so did you know at the time when you met uh Ms. Choi that you were gonna be kimchi like how did that oh, so I tell us know. about the moment when you found out what did that what was that like like tell us darkness about. of edmonton at the fringe and if you've been to edmonton fringe it is an experience unlike anything like it is it is a cross-section of arts and and drinking yeah and partying it is it's amazing so yeah, wonderful yeah. it's cool um, second largest fringe, fringe festival yeah, in the world yeah, amazing, yeah. It's, it's 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 spectacular yeah i'm leaving i'm leaving the armory walking i'm carrying a bag i'm meeting a friend the Asian guy standing in the shadows and he, he's, we're talking about it. And originally I was like, okay, come on. Really? Yeah. You got a show. Sure. <laughs> you got a yeah. show. Right. But he told me he was in Troy. And I'm like, Oh, I know it's Troy. Ah. I know about the play. I was very excited. But at the same time, I've been told so many times that they have a movie or a project. Yeah, that yeah. They think you're great for, of course. And yeah. I don't get anything of it. Yeah. So I was, or I, it never happens. Or it never happens. happens. Yeah. And so I just checked my perspective. I just kept it in check. And, and, and throughout the year, I would check in with him, and he was my friend on Facebook, and um, and then maybe in March of that year, but maybe in February of that year, and the year we started rolling on season one, right. I get an email from a casting director saying, oh, you've been requested by by the the, 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 the directors to, to audition. I know the backstory he told me later, the casting director told me that he had shown up one day with, like, my name on a piece of paper. It was like, get him to audition. <laughs> right. And I auditioned like everybody else. And I I probably auditioned more. I did an audition on tape. I did an audition. They flew me to Vancouver oh, wow. to audition in front of Inns and uh, Yvonne, the producer of the show. Um, uh, and and I, I did it there and I was so nervous. Um, and then I auditioned again in Toronto. They flew me out to Toronto. Now, the Toronto is the final callback. Okay. And I walk in the room and there are four, th- three other kimchi. So okay. there's four of us. Wow. Right. I walk in the room and the first guy I see is uh, uh his name is Shannon Cook. He's an actor under Grassy. And I looked at him like, oh, holy no. shit, you're under Grassy. <laughs> and I was so nervous. I was like, I'm done. You're a legit actor. And he was so nice. He's like, hey man, my name is Shannon. Nice to meet you. And I saw I saw them, and th- this is the weirdest part. They put us in separate rooms. 
but the one room in the middle is the audition room. So I sat in my room and I could you can hear, hear everyone oh, no. auditioning. <laughs> so I put on headphones because I had a respect to them. Oh, for sure, also, yeah. Just like for me, like, oh, I couldn't handle it. It gets yeah. in your head too, yeah. And, uh, and I, I went in and auditioned and I, I, I think I did two things that, that, that were to my detriment. One, um, I did a scene with Simu, who was already cast as Chung. And there's a scene where Chung is mad at Kimchi and he's running after Kimchi and they're in an argument. And, and for some reason I just stopped as he was chasing me and I just start swinging the air and doing karate kicks <laughs> and shouting karate over and over again. And he stopped and looked at me. He's like, who the fuck is this guy? Who is he? The room broke out into laughter and I went right back in the lines. I felt like I it had come to mind a few times working on the scene because it felt like, Kimchi would do something like that. Right. Like they would have a Kimchi would never let his buddy Chase walk him all over yeah. him. <laughs> right, right. Kimchi has his own defense yeah. techniques. He might not be the strongest, <laughs> right. but he knows. Sure. Um, and then when I when I did my uh chemistry read with Appa, played by Paul um um Sun Young Lee, uh CSA winner, yeah. totally amazing, amazing yeah. actor. He's the heart of the show. Um there's a part in, in that it's a scene that made it into the series we're working on the toilet and uh, uh oh my god there's a scene where he keeps uh, saying ball cock yeah i love that and i, I just sat there like stoic like holding in a laugh looking at him and he kept saying it over and over again and i just like looked and i was trying not to break and it was a subtle thing and and i i think those two kind of acting choices kind of i think they were against the grain a little mm-hmm. bit where the, the the text would say one thing but i tried to do something right. else sure um I felt like I had given it my all. And so when I went home to the airport that night, I just said, um, this is, this is, uh, 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 I've worked really hard at it. Right. And I, I felt like I could, I could walk away in peace if I didn't get it. Right. Right. Cause I was very ready not, to not get it. Uh, I, I looked at the other caliber of actors in the room and I said, if any of you get it, good for you. And I was just more proud that another Asian actor was going to get it. Right. And so, when I got it, it was huge. So going back to the fringe, going back to that conversation, it was like eight months of not knowing what was up. Wow. And even when I got it, like not knowing what was, how it was on a right, right, right. first TV show. Yeah. And this isn't the compare like Alberta and Toronto, but they are very different. Scales. Of course they are. It's a yeah. different thing for sure. I'd yeah. done stuff in Calgary, <laughs> but it was literally camera person, sound person. Yeah. That's it. Right. Director. And yeah. often director did one of those yeah, two jobs. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but like first day on crew, I was like, why are there so many people here? Yeah. Um, why are there so many people worried about how I look and how I'm how I'm doing? And Paul put it out to me. Paul's like, that's their job. You don't do it. Right. That's their let them do their job. They bring their expertise mm-hmm. to it. Because I also used to bring my own wardrobe. Right, of course. Makeup. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, let them do it. That is their job. You have a job. You worry about you. And so um that must be freeing yeah it's so freeing yeah in, in, in a lot of ways like I, I i i always joke i'm like literally my job is to show up clean right like showered <laughs> yeah, yeah, and right. like no product right. hair and a little right. bit of cream but also i i i i finally got time to put in the work as an actor and i never when i did cowtown and when i've done scripted stuff in yeah. calgary it was like show up bang it out because i always relied on my skills right this was a challenge because what I started doing was I would spend the day before learning lines. Um, I'd be in bed at eight o'clock every night because I'm up at five in the morning. Right. It's the process of showing up and being 
100% prepared mm-hmm. for everyone. Right. Um, having the energy to uh, to do the work, but also having the energy to create and to give back. Mm. And then having the energy to, to, to motivate the crew around you. They're tired. They're worked hard. Yeah. And so for me, like, uh, I learned this from Paul, to give as much as possible to the crew and the people around you. So that's what it became. My job mm-hmm. became being prepared as an actor and, and supporting those around me, which is a very improv thing to say. Right, right, yeah. You know, um, but that's become my job. I'm in bed at eight o'clock. I get, I get made fun of so much. <laughs> so I'm like, you're eight o'clock. I'm like, eight o'clock. I'm yeah. in bed. Like, like, no yeah. doubt about it. I do not go out. I don't do anything. Right, right, right. Uh, and you're often working. I'm learning lines that day. Right. If I have multiple back-to-back days, I'm in bed every time. Right, right, right. Um, and so it's, it's important to do so, but it's, it's, it's wild that, it's been a two year journey for me and you guys have seen it from, from the outside. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. So for you've sure. Seen the whole thing. Yeah. It's been wild of, of like wow. the skills, uh, you know, I hope I've achieved and, and, and gained and, and, and what I've learned through it all. Yeah. What was the first day on set? Like, like you touched on it a little bit, but like, had they already been in production at all or was that you, were you there on day the one? Day. Oh, okay, cool. First day for scene. Wow. First day for scene. Amazing. First day for scene. <laughs> Holy shit. First day for scene. And the scene was, there's an episode of Dong Jin where they they, they do oh, a yeah. poke yes, <laughs> It was the scene where she pokes me up the bottom. Oh my god. So literally the first scene was me bent over. And I was like, <laughs> I'm just so happy. I'm like, y'all paying me to be here. Like, you're paying me to do this? All right. We didn't know each other. So right. here's Andrea. She's like, we barely know each other. Right. She's gonna poke me up the bottom. Right. Um but the really cool thing they did was uh, prior to production, they brought us all out to Toronto. Oh, good. And yeah. and, 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 and ma- the most of the cast have been in Toronto. Uh, Andrew and I were the only ones coming oh, out. Okay. Andrew's from Vancouver. Okay. Came out to Toronto. We hung out for a week. Cool. Wings, plays. Nice. Hanging out, whatever. Cool. And it made us super tight. Right. And it, it, it really helped. Um, and, and throughout the year, and I think if you watch season two, we're even more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Because throughout the year... We text every day. Right. We talk all the time, um, whether it's email, social media. I FaceTime Simu the other day just to like catch up. I talked to Paul constantly. I text, I emailed Andrea the other night. It's like making fun of her about something. <laughs> um, we're always talking. And so that taught me something. But I also think Kim's convenience is very special. Like the way uh, uh, Paul and Jean, uh, who are the leads in the show, have led by example as well as ins and kevin 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 white our our, our other showrunner um they've led by example so the cat the, the team is very caring and we are very open and we are very um i don't know loving to one another we're also six actors that were broken together you know right. what i mean like yeah yeah, no, yeah none of us had names right right, right. whereas a lot of shows that are produced have like a, a name. name right right we were unnamed hmm. we came out together so we've been we've been we've been You've been experiencing the same kind of stuff yeah. together, like right? Like I text them like this just happened at the mall. <laughs> right. Someone followed me, literally. Um, but because of that, it's been really nice. Now, on the flip side, I did a, I did a movie this year called Little Italy with established names and stars. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one, so I, I walked on a set and I was so nervous that because it was like there was legitimate actors and the big names in there. The really cool thing, half the crew was from Kim's Convenience. Oh, right on. Because it fit, if I could do it, they could do right, it time-wise. Right, right. Aha, uh-huh, of course. Oh, interesting. Right. Yeah. It worked out, and so that really helped. Um, but it, it, but working on Kim's brought allowed me to bring this energy and figure out like how to work on set. And it was such a good first experience that I'd be able to bring it to other things I do. Cool. And I think it I think it's really helpful. Like when I stop and and I talk to like someone doing makeup or or, or hair or costume, 
Like, I really just try to get to know them. And I think that's like appreciated, you know? Totally. And, and I, and I want to be known as a person who, who cares about the people around him. It's, so. it's tough being an actor because there's a lot of people who have bad attitudes as yeah. actors, but there's also a lot of people who think that actors just naturally are going to be assholes or have, you know, have bad totally. attitudes. So. I, I'm sad. I'm sad when, when, when an actor beca- does that. Yeah. Because I think like we are here, we're doing what we're doing because not, because it's a collaborative effort. Yeah. Your hard work gets you to these spots, but it's the hard work of so many people around you that, that, that continually allow you to do it. So I look at, like we look at beautiful shows and you know that that, and maybe you look at it differently because you're filmmakers. Mm-hmm. But when you look at a show, you're like, that show is beautiful. The people, the, the, the exterior people must be so talented. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm always bummed when animators don't get recognition. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear from like a film, like the animators didn't get proper credit. I'm like, yo, that's like the movie. They made the movie, movie yeah. They, yeah. Like, 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 like Toy Story is, you know, is, 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 is Tim Allen and Tom Hanks. I get it. Sure. But the animation is, is beautiful. Right. You got to respect that. And, and so for me, I, as, as an actor, what I try to, what I try to remind myself and always keep in my heart is like, I am not the actor that shows up to set. Right. I am one of many on this team. Mm. I get the privilege of getting the spotlight shown on me and it's the nature of the business. Yeah. Right. Right. So how can I share it with others? And I think that's just, just thanking people, yeah. communicating with them, giving Gratitude them props sure. when you ask, get asked questions. Yeah. So if we ask question on, if we get asked questions on social media, I'm always like, yo, this person did this. Mm. Renee spent two months working on my hair because I had to grow yeah. my, so the, in little Italy, they cut up my hair in a certain way. So like when I got to Kim's convenience, she's like, what did they do to your oh, hair? No. <laughs> oh no, we have to fix it. And she worked two months fixing my hair. Oh my God. So like, I want to give props to people like that. Yeah, right, right, right. To me, the, the biggest, the biggest one for me was the focus puller. Like oh. after we shot Plainview, it's like, you have to be perfect. Yes. Or you like get fired. <laughs> and it's like, and you have to know the script sometimes better than like most people on set. You, yeah, yeah, you're choosing moments. Yeah. And like, it's, it's incredible to me where it's like, did you see how in focus that shot was? Yeah. Like, yeah. So this is a fun thing. Chris Riley is one of the focus pullers in the show. Uh, uh, and, and him and I, oh, we get along so well. But it's always because if I'm, if I'm not on camera, I'm just watching him work. Right. And I'll just be like, yo, Chris, can I pull this one? Yeah. <laughs> so there is one. I don't you think it is. Where he oh. let me pull it oh in. Oh, my God, amazing. He's like, Andrew, you literally just have to do this one pull. Yeah. Right. Uh, but he's also so talented. Like they they work in such unique ways. I love watching work because like we sometimes film in the apartment. Right. So if we're filming in the kitchen, they gotta be in different areas. So sometimes I look oh, over right. and Chris is laying on in, in bed. <laughs> he's got the stand like like tipped over and he's looking through the viewfinder and he's doing this. <laughs> right? Amazing. Like, it's so amazing how they find ways to work. I I, I love our crew for that reason. Like I have so much fun seeing them work right or there is one i don't know if it made it in but paul is he, he has the, the dolly thing on he's holding <laughs> it he's the one holding the camera it's amazing, it's amazing. That's and cool. it's the the, the, the the crew has become a family like we're always right let us do it let's try this let's do cool, it cool. Yeah. i'm always i'm always asking the slate like i always want a slate <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. um or or Simu's always trying like he's always trying to get a director credit, so he's always trying to be like, hey, what do you think for this shot? Um, but it's 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 so much fun. But yeah, like the the focus pullers, oh, so the focus pullers, camera camera people, yeah. like like those shots sometimes like they're like in tight spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, 
speaking of Conan, there was one where he was in Harlem and they, they actually edit Conan's doing a thing and the camera guy is shoved in a corner and they cut to his camera and they said he had to stand there like this for 10 minutes oh, to stay out of the shot. Right, right, right. So his 10 minutes of footage is this grill, just grilling food. <laughs> um, they work so hard. Yeah, and they really they, do. Yeah. The first one's there, last one's to leave. Yep. We get it so lucky. Totally. Um, yeah. So because of that, I want to respect them and put time into my effort. Like if I don't know my lines, I'm wasting their time. Mm. And And as an improv guy, Learning lines yeah, tough. was hard. <laughs> I kept wanting to change them ah, and yes. do different things. So, like, that's a skill that I've definitely had to like learn. How did you lines. do that? Just work, just working really through. hard. Just, just over repetition. Force it, yeah. Yeah. What I try to do is I try to like um, be three days out. So if I'm filming a, a scene on a Friday, I try to learn it on Tuesday, and every day I just like spend time going over it. Right. I go over it like five, six times a day. Right. So by the time I get there, it becomes very natural. But then when I'm on set, I try to pr- bring back the, 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 the conversation style. To right. It. Like the spontaneity. Like it feels like the first time you yeah. ever said it. Yeah. That's the real trick, right? Especially if, because improv, it's always spontaneous. It always feels always. organic, but. Uh, yeah. And I think with Kim's, what I try to do is bring in different emotional reactions or like, or like body movements. And that usually switches it up. Right. And so, um, yeah. And, and we have really good direct. Oh man. The directors we get on set, like. I, I I never knew how 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 much a director could impact your work. Mm. Like, oh really? Like the first few episodes, Peter Wellington, um, who's who's a really strong director in the Canadian scene, he like stopped me a few times. Like, why are you doing this? And I was like, oh, I don't know, because <laughs> it's told me to, told me to. That's great. Said, like, no, why are you, why is Kimchi doing that? Right. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why Kimchi's doing that. And then we talked it out. Right. And so there's one in particular. Uh, where 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 we were talking about kimchi and kimchi was mad about something, and Peter's like, "I think kimchi kimchi knows he's dumb or, or thinks he's dumb or is he really smart?" I'm like, "Like he's really smart. Kimchi's not dumb. Kimchi's a genius. <laughs> he's a genius, and you you're all idiots. Yeah. <laughs> you're all idiots for not seeing his point of yeah, view. Right. That totally changed ah. my portrayal of that character. Well, I went in at the beginning thinking he was a goofy sidekick. No." He's a genius. Right. Yeah. He in doesn't his want mind, to be yeah. assistant manager. He wants to work in the back where it's easy. Right. Right. He has these quirks about him because he's so confident. Mm. And so um, working with a director totally changed that. And directors bring the best out of you. And I'm so thankful to have those opportunities because it was big. And you have. You've had some great opportunities in the second season for yeah. sure to show range and, and really kind of dig into who this character is. Totally. And second season was this wild ride where I did literally, I did Kim's, we were going on tour and then I went to the Beaverton. And right. so it was this wild ride where I just got to be, just got to like live in this, in this world. Um, and having the director, the director of little Italy is uh, Donald Petrie. He directed how to lose a guy in 10 days. Oh wow. He directed Miss Congeniality. Wow. Dude knows romantic yeah, no comedy. Yeah. <laughs> so when he directed me and stuff, like he'd come out with his vision, his idea. I'm like, yeah, man. And I'd watch the footage back. I'm like, that's a romantic comedy. <laughs> For people who don't know, I'm not the romantic lead. I am the best friend. <laughs> right. I'm crushing right. best friend roles. Right. Uh, but, and then the directors on Kim's season, uh, one director, Alicia Young, she she's the director of Baroness Von Sketch. Oh, Working wow. Moms. Nice. Holy shit. Just fantastic no doubt so good and so she or where peter honed in my acting chops and like my how kimchi thought she opened up some of the comedy Mm. um and so everyone brings the best out of you 
Cool. And that's great. Wow. And so, you know, it, it, having these opportunities. And then and then on the Beaverton, my director was Andrew Bush, who is from Picnic Face. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Canadian, yeah. Canadian icon legend sketch group. For sure. And so he brought out a different thing. Right. Um, and so they always bring out the best of you. And Interesting. I, I think every, like I said, everyone has a job. You do that job really well. And the better you do it, the harder you work at it, the better the show is. So, you know, we're here we are with Kim's Convenience and, and it hasn't been announced yet, but hopefully we get a season three. Right. Um, yeah. We get asked. I get asked every day. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. On yeah. My Twitter. And I, say, <laughs> I, I can't say anything. I don't do not know. But uh, I, I, I have a positive outlook of the future. Of course. Yeah. 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 I would yeah. too. Yeah. It's a great show. Yeah. Isn't there another, wasn't there on, on the Wikipedia, there's another, sp- there was a sports show you were cast in? Oh yeah. I did a reality show. I don't know anything show. about it. Oh, it's a reality show. Okay. I did a reality. So this, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the score sports network before, right. yes. before sports that bought it. It was like its own network. Yeah. Uh, Tim McAuliffe uh, was on it and Sid Sixero and Cab. You got to start there. They had a reality show called drafted. Okay. And where these people would try to be sportscasters on the network. Oh, okay. You, it was like a reality show. Right? Oh, wow. I right. went out there and filmed it. And then for six months, they aired it. And then we did a finale. You were one of the contestants? I was one, the, fi- to be- I was oh, one of the final cool. contestants. Wow. I did the audition at the Palace in Calgary. Nice. Did it. It aired. I was one of the five finalists. Um, and uh, I made really good friends with one, one of the finalists, Sean Menard, who I'll tell you about after. Um, but I did not win. I came in fourth. Okay. Uh, and it crushed me. Oh, what? <laughs> but, like, I was so sad. Are you a big sports guy? I, big... I really enjoy sports. Oh, okay. Right. But that show turned me off sports. Oh, really? I had wow. to, like, my, like my, my intake of sports totally changed after that. Because, because I think, like, losing on a national scale like that, mm. I just had to step away for a bit. Sure. But also, like, when I got working there, I realized I'm like, I love sports. But those people love, love sports. <laughs> yeah. Like there was one night on a Wednesday where we were working the booth where they had like nine TVs and literally like two guys like you, their job was to sit and watch nine TVs and be like, oh, that was a good clip, clip. Oh, and wow. they, then, then they then they put together the package and they give it to the audio guy. Right. And they, the voiceover person will, will voice it over. Um, I was like, I, I can't do this. No. Too much sports. Yeah. I love sports. <laughs> yeah. We were like chilling and watching one yeah. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nine. Be, yeah, nine games on a yeah. Wednesday. Like Wednesday oh. nights is packed. And so um, I did not win, um, but it put in perspective. And I, I did go back to Calgary and I worked really hard at improv at night. And it, it did lead me to one of oh, my okay. decisions. Now, cool. two really cool stories. One, Sean Menard got cut from that show. Oh. He got an internship with the score. Um and he 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 quit that afterwards. And he, I think they had kind of given up on him. He produced a documentary for Team Canada Baseball. He self-funded it, produced it, got the rights. Then he produced wow. a documentary on a fight mom, um, uh, Michelle Waterton, uh, the Karate Hotties, her nickname. And she he he did a documentary on her. Um, LeBron James's company picked it up. Holy Whoa. shit! And distributed it. Wow. His next documentary. Was the Vince Carter effect? Right. He produced, created the Carter effect. So he went from him and I. We we had we had brunch this summer, and we were just like, "How are we here?" <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. He, he he just produced a documentary about Vince Carter's effect in Canada. Wow. And his co-producers were LeBron James <laughs> and Drake. Unreal. Oh, shit. And then for me, he sent me a picture of me at a at a at, a, at, a, at the TTC train station, and he's like, "You're on a billboard yeah. every single place I go to right now." Totally. Yeah. We were these two rejects from this reality show. <laughs> yeah. And, and I and I am so I'm so thankful I got to share this experience. It's with crazy. Him. Yeah. Um, 
What is it like to drive through this this city and see yeah, your face yeah. on the on a Isn't billboard? Wild? It's weird for me. Even like there's one outside of Vistac. Yeah, yeah. you go into Vistac and there's your face oh. right there, and it's like <laughs> that's why it's awesome. I didn't like, think they were gonna put me when I when I first saw it. I was being driven home from shooting. Oh, games. really? Awesome. Wow. So yeah. there's a big billboard on my way home, and I just told drop. I'm like, slow down. <laughs> Get out it's the like, phone. What? There's a video of me doing <laughs> yeah. that. Like, what is this? I didn't think That's they were going to put me in the main advertising. Right. I didn't think I was going to get in the credits this season. Oh, yeah. You got um, you got your own. I got my shot. own credit yeah, thing. Wow, yeah. wow. Um, um, and um, it was just so it's so surreal. It's so surreal to be able to have that. And it's pretty cool when you're like aunts and uncles. They come out and be like, I see your billboard every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but also like it's pretty cool. Like I, I do a lot of CBC like radio paneling. Yes. And so it's pretty cool when like your family is like, oh, I heard you're on CBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yesterday I went to go see a play and and. Going out in public has, has definitely changed, mm-hmm. especially in the art scene. Like, right. when I go to a play because that theater community supports CBC. Right. Um, they watch Kim's yeah. and people come out and they're like, we love the show. And then they're like, we love hearing you on CBC. Like, all these things are are, are just, it's it's so, um, it's so incredible how it's just kind of all happened. But yeah, the Billboard one was like. It's a big deal. I, I went around Crazy. the city one day, Toronto. And just got people to take pictures of me in front of it. It's so nerdy. <laughs> I apologize every time. How could like, you not? How could I am you so not? sorry. And there's like, oh, it's so super cool. Congratulations. And like just me doing that. Yeah. And then the Cross Canada tour we went on, CBC sent on this press tour to promote the Tuesday night lineup of uh, This Hour is 22 Minutes, Rick Mercer and, uh, and, uh, and, and Mr. D. And uh, it was really cool meeting people across Canada. Oh, sorry. I forgot my, my, my story, my other story from Drafted. Jerry D and I did a segment together on the show oh, okay. and his whole, the whole segment was him being jerks to us. Cause like that <laughs> right. was, that was his sports character at the time. Right. I, the night, the moment I won my CSA, I walk off the stage. There is Jerry D standing there. Right. He's the next presenter. Oh, Oh shit. I go up to him. I'm like, Jerry D, I don't know if you remember me, but we did a segment for the score sports reality show a few years ago. I just want to say hi. He looked at me. He said, you have come so far. Aww. He just looked at me and gave me a hug and wow. said, enjoy every minute of this. Amazing. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't clue it in. I didn't know it was you. Wow. And he's like, Oh my God, it's you. Huh? Um, and so it's pretty cool having those moments again, where you reconnect with people from the past. But yes, that is a show I did. <laughs> All right. uh, that uh, was it. Like a reality show, where, like where like we lived together. And yeah, like, yeah, you like, did. Like, like, like not so much like a Big Brother, but we lived in a hotel together, and there okay. were there were scenes where they would come to our hotel so there's one where they like woke us up one morning <laughs> right. and they're like time to go interview boss rootin mma legend and i was like oh and so the, the challenge was to see how we would deal under pressure right 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 and boss was told to be jerks to right, us right 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 and so um i think i handled it pretty well like, i could have handled it better but like I was like, I, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. So like, I, 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 I get asked every so often. Someone's like, you want to apply to be on a, on a amazing race? Can uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I couldn't do it. No, I, I am not strong enough. <laughs> I couldn't, I can't be woken up like that. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like traveling like that's that. A, like, that's tough. That show. Yeah. That's yeah, tough. Yeah. Right. Like oh, for sure. I, I give all the props. Oh yeah. We're like big brother too. Like I'm like, Oh, that'd be so hard. Like mentally what that does to you to be away. Well, that's, that's my question is like, I've, I don't think I've ever spoken to anybody who's been on a reality show before. How much, how much like, producer yeah. bullshit is there in the in the interviews where they're like well this person might have said something like yeah. this about you or was it not that kind of shit it wasn't that kind okay. of shit right. and, 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 and thankfully I'm, I'm very happy about that right and it, it was it ended up being Sean Menard and I hanging out a lot and playing and playing uh, PlayStation oh sweet we sweet. would just play PlayStation <laughs> in our hotel room nice. all the time um, 
I know in season two and three they changed it. They did. More. Oh, okay. They put you in a place together in a house together. Okay. Um, but uh, it, it wasn't my jam. Huh. And and it was it was it was. But it, I'm just so like, like meeting Sean was really cool. Yeah. And it was like it was my first foray into into this spotlight. But what it did teach me more more than anything was that I love improv and acting. Right. Sports wasn't gonna be my alley. Right. Um, and and in a lot of ways, when I went back to Loose Moose to create, and I did that in 2009. When I quit my job in 2012, my goal wasn't to become a television actor, right. or to become recognized. My goal was to create work and to do work right. that I was happy with and proud of, and I can make a living doing. It. Right. So Kim's was just like this whole detour of like, whoa, this came out of nowhere. Right. Let's ride it out. Yeah. And and what I love is I love when I'm so like it feels so nice when people in Toronto or other cities are like, who are you? You're so good. Like you 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 know. And I'm so proud because it meant that my experiences in Calgary is what got me there. Right. And I remember when I first got to the cast, the set, um, what well, we met as a, as a, as a group, uh, uh, Jean Yoon, who plays uh, Amma, she she's like, who are you? And I told her, and she's like, you're an Asian comedian actor from Calgary? Whoa. <laughs> How did this happen? Yeah. How'd that happen? Right. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> this is what happened. And it is, it is an anomaly. Yeah. Because when they're casting a show like Kim's, you go to like a Toronto or Vancouver, Vancouver yeah. right? Um, Calgary wasn't really on the radar, right? And I'm so thankful I was able to come out of that. And well, and Edmonton was the was yeah, the meetup spot, yeah, 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 right? so yeah. even, even less. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we do, we do, we don't have it, and so I hope you know what I'm really proud about the show. Also, is that like we're we're ushering a time where children and young people watch TV, absolutely, yeah, and they like, oh, I see myself in that, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, when you see people with disabilities or you see people of color. Or you see, um, uh, 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 you, you see people with different orientations. It's so nice because then it makes the the, the people watching you like that's me. Mm. And for so long, my only Asian hero on television and film, Bruce Lee, right? Yick from Degrassi, <laughs> the Asian guy on Degrassi. Right, right. He got no major storylines. Right, right. He got nothing. <laughs> But Yick on the grass <laughs> right, right, right. was my guy. <laughs> when he was in something, I'm like, oh, oh he's there. There, there he is. We go. Yeah. yeah, he's gone. You know, and so we get so few uh, heroes. Yeah. That's why I was so bummed when they killed Glenn off Walking Dead. Yes, spoiler right. yes. Spoiler. Oops. Did you watch? You guys watch it? Watch oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so bummed. Uh, yeah, it was. Well, my uh, girlfriend that cried. Like it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was a tough moment. But you're right. That character. Yeah. With a white woman. Yeah. It, like where else is that happening? Yeah. Kim's convenience, I guess. But. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but, but it was more. It was. It was even like he wasn't even. I'm doing air quotations. Asian. Right. He was just. He was Glenn. Just a normal guy. Yeah. He yeah. was. He was a kid. If you watch season mm-hmm. one, he was this fast kid who 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 saw the world in a certain way. Yeah. And by that time, he was a badass. Totally, totally. You know, when he got there and that guy took a swing at him and he dodged it, punched yeah, him back, yeah. he was a badass. And we get so few heroes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so when they killed him off. And I remember that night I put it on Twitter. People were like, well, he dies in the comic books. <laughs> right? And then I just was like, well, Rick lost his arm a while ago. Why is he still <laughs> yeah, got yeah. it? You're going you're gonna to play like There's a lot me? of differences. Yeah. Shane lived a long time. <laughs> yeah. Right, uh, and isn't uh, the guy with the crossbow is a, a totally TV character? Yeah. Right? He's not in the comic. And, books, and, and what, what, Carol, Carol, uh, uh, Carol in the comic book is not the way she is. And I'm like, so t- the TV world is totally different, right? And so you had built this amazing character, and mm-hmm. so I'm sad that future generations of children will not get to see yeah. more of Glenn. Because yeah. I would have loved to have seen how he dealt as a father, absolutely, in the apocalypse. Right. Yeah. 
And in a lot of ways, I think he was kind of like, I, I, I know this, but I would have been more interested to see them killing off Rick. Yeah. Because you, because we know the comic books, how that plays out, mm-hmm. but to see a character like Glenn, you get the full arc. He was a kid. He's come a long way. Yeah. Right. I didn't one. really think about that, but yeah, the first time to come all the Rick way meets him, he's yeah, he's like a he's like a kid. He's a master. He's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, now yeah. you do get to see with Maggie. So now you get to see Maggie as a as a as a, as a, as a woman who's pregnant in a sure. leadership role, right? Which is very cool. That is cool for sure. Um, Have you played any of those? Um, uh, Telltale Telltale games. games Yeah 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 I, I played a few of them On the iPad Cause Glenn uh, is in Some of yeah, that yeah. Before Like he, before he goes to Atlanta He hangs out with This other group yeah, <laughs> Shows up yeah. Hey guys There's And then he pieces He's like oh, I gotta go See ya. Isn't there like a crossover Morgan's gonna be the crossover Between yes, The Walking Dead That is happening And yes. Walking Dead Yes I don't know how that's going yeah, that, I, I, yeah, I haven't seen Fear of the Walking Dead at all. I haven't. And I, and I stopped watching Walking Dead after Glenn. Oh, did so you? I've only, right. and I, this is terrible. I stopped watching the show. I read the updates. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm like, I wonder what happened. Right. Uh, so I know, Carl, I know Carl's done now. Yeah, and, uh, it was, so a, it was a, yeah, spoil, very recent spoilers. But yeah, yeah, like he's bit right yeah. now. And now it's hang, well, hang. Well, uh, I saw a spoiler on, on my Instagram saying that he dies in the first 20 minutes of the episode. Oh, really? Like someone saw it. Oh. I was like, oh, that's huh. public knowledge now. Huh. All right. Well, see you later, Carl. Yeah. I thought it'd be something cool. They make him into a robot. Well, like. they still have time to do something interesting <laughs> with it, right? Like he's he's gonna die, yeah. But he's he's alive right now, so we'll see. Yeah. I'm just sad that we don't get damn it, Carl anymore. Like <laughs> yeah. we don't get stay like, in the house. Yeah, stay in the house, Carl. <laughs> yeah, we don't get that anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 we we were living in a time where we get to see people on the screen that aren't us. That are us. That are us. Yeah, I mean, that was like Rogue One. I remember hearing, you know, like people reviewing that and being like, wow, this, these are heroes that I can relate to for the yeah. first time in my life. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like, I think the argument before was that those movies don't sell. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. now on the metrics, we are in a, um, we're in a fantasy league of, of movies. movies. Yes, I'm we so are. Yeah. Happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did terribly. I put all my money <laughs> in the post last week. I, so did I. So did I. Why? I thought it was in <laughs> one. I, I looked at the movie, metrics. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, the post is going to kill. And then what was the movie that killed last week? Uh, um, the, Den the, of Thieves? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. What was it? 50 Cent and uh, yeah. Clive Owen? Yeah. I was like, that movie's yeah. not going to do well. <laughs> Jumanji is still killing Jumanji's it. Jumanji's still in there, yeah. But if we look at the metrics, like any rock movie, yeah. Uh, what was that? What was that one? The movie with the uh, the, the four girls on the road trip. Uh, girls trip. It might have been girls yeah. trip. Yeah. yeah, did well. Like so, yeah. like the metrics say that like it doesn't. Movies with people of yeah. color, Get Out, yeah, did really well. Yeah, Mother did not yeah. do well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right now, also the caliber of movies is much different. But it's like, true. Yeah, I, that's I, interesting. I'm proud looking at movies now that like you 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 have people of color. You have women behind the camera. People of color behind the camera. Mm-hmm. And you're like. It's, these are good movies now. Totally, We're in totally. a golden age. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, man, that was great. Uh, so so much still to go over, but uh, we'll have to have you on another time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can have you me on second any... CSA. Oh, my God. Second CSA. <laughs> oh, wait, Dan, shit. I just yeah, jinxed yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd. Oh, man. Ray Stance. Like, I just... When I got it, I texted Paul, and I'm like, dude, Ray Stance. It's it, like... And I'm, I watch your Instagram stories with your yeah. kid, and you guys run around with... Ghostbusters all the time. all the time. I love <laughs> like, Ghostbusters. What so, do, like how surreal is that? Paul and I on the show, we bonded. So after the audition, he added me on Facebook. And that night, he found a video of me testing out my proton pack that I had made. I right. made one a few years ago. Whoa, okay. Because I was like, I want to do something with my hands. It's not improv. Right. And I made one. I spent like a grand making it. Right. He messaged me like, dude. 
And then we t- that's all we talked about. <laughs> wow. We love Ghostbusters. Yeah, so yeah, when yeah. that happened, I texted him. I'm like, our plus ones are our packs, right. not yeah. our oh, spouses or our friends. That's awesome. Our packs. So we go up to Dan Aykroyd and be like, look at us. And he's like, puts his head down and shakes it. Like, what have I done? That's hilarious. And so um, it's, uh, yeah, it's very exciting. But uh, yeah, I, 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 I hope I, I'm just honored to be nominated oh, with like yeah, five yeah. you know four other four dude you, you're so you're so grateful and that i think that's <laughs> so important uh, and, and good for you for not letting anything go to your head and and respecting that you know you're you're a piece of the puzzle and there's more people involved and but you're an important piece thank you especially for our alberta industry too so thank you for repping so, us oh i'm so pumped yeah. Yeah. i'm so pumped to like the like I think it's funny that I got I, I got to become that guy. Like <laughs> yeah. in, in some ways, like yeah, a guy yeah. who couldn't book work in Alberta. Like yeah, right. of course. I, I struggled. Yeah. And it's yeah. not because it's just because the nature of like is this. We produce a lot of Westerns in Alberta. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wonderful Westerns. Sure. But you're Asian. I mean I'm Asian, <laughs> but but I'm I'm Asian like two thousand Asian, like two thousands right. Asian. Like right. I look nourished and like young and I got a young haircut. Yeah. Asians that were part of what we're creating in Westerns don't look like me. Right. You know, like um, and so I've never booked one of those roles. Huh. And so I'm just proud that like I was able to do it, but I'm proud that like I had a very uh, a unique story path of getting there. Right. But what it does emphasize is like how many connections I had in the community. Right. How many yeah. times I worked with people. And so I think that's the big thing. That cool. it wasn't like I booked a big role and I'm like, I'm out of here. Right. Yeah, right. Of course. It was like this process. So I think that's, um, yeah, that's really exciting. And yeah. And yeah, I'm excited to be here and, so I do that, and uh, and 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 my I, one day, cross my fingers. I, I we talk about CSAs. I will get an Ampia nomination. <laughs> that very hasn't much happened. Like one of those. I nice. I got we got one for the sketch we, a movie we made years ago. Right. Oh, well, okay. Cowtown won last year, but Cowtown that's Cowtown. Won. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah. have a, I have an Ampia. Okay. I, I okay. did get one. Right. And this is Ramin's name on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all right. Like, I I just joke. I'm like, this is still mine. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm gonna yeah, put a yeah. piece of tape yeah. on it. Like, I'm, I'm so proud of the show, and, and he yeah, and he's, he's the heart soul of it. He's amazing. But um. But I think it's I think it's pretty yeah. cool and, and I, I I just I'm living every minute of it right now and it might all go away. It could all go away tomorrow. Of course, yeah. Right? I, it's good for you. Like I mean, like it's so true. It happens all the time where actors uh, are living the life and then the show's canceled and you, you, like you got You've got to be able to roll with that and yeah. and be aware that that's a possibility. And you clearly totally are, don't take it for granted. Wait, the show can get <laughs> Sorry, man. What? What? No. How can people watch it right now? Like, how, how? Uh, they can watch it on CBC's website. So okay. I tell people all the time, they're like, oh, I don't have cable. I'm like, right. no, you're a Canadian taxpayer. <laughs> I hope. Um, so you yeah. can watch.cbc.ca. You can watch it there. Cool. You can watch it on Air Canada flights. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I find that the CBC's platform is so great to binge watch great yeah. Canadian content. You know, it really that's, is. Yeah, that's how I got caught up with Shit's Creek. Right, I I, I worked on Heartland for a long time, yeah. and that that's been a. They have uh, every season have, of Heartland. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. How, you know how lucky you are. <laughs> yeah. You have you have all ninety six right. seasons of Heartland. It's, it's true. There are U.S. and <laughs> the, you know it opens up in new territories and people are upset. Like yeah. we only have season one. It's in yeah. season eleven. Yeah. Yeah. I I I Heartland's an Alberta success story, but I there's a, like this is what's going to happen. Heartlands go for a very long time. There yeah. will be a day where it gets canceled. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course. 15 years after, we will have Heartland revisited. Yes. Where Amber will be much older. Right, or may- right. Maybe at this point, like a grandmother. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Much Who older, knows, yeah. Right? 
there is like Heartland has got a it's a long run. Yeah, I like how your assumption is that 15 years after it gets canceled, Amber will be grandmother. <laughs> well, yeah. like, that's like, how it's long gonna go it for another 30 years. 30 years. Yeah. They, they do age uh, Sean up, so yeah. he's he's not as he's old. Got as time he's got time to yeah. He's got <laughs> yeah. time well, to grow into that. How old she? Like early 30s. Uh, how old is she? Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I would think so. Early yeah, early 30s. So if yeah. it goes another. Even 15 years, yeah. she'll be 45. Right, I and see. And then okay. 10 years after that, she's 55. Right, perfect. That, that's not there, yeah. unreasonable <laughs> yeah. to be a grandmother, totally, totally. right? Yeah. Come on. Like, that is the, <laughs> like, I'm, I, I, people will look back at this podcast and be like, Andrew Fung. He called, called it. it. Yeah, he, he called, called it. it. He this called it 65 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Heartland yeah. will be a thing for a very long time. And I, I think it's great. It yeah, gives work, of course. It gives it's work, wonderful. It, it gives work to, 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 to performers, but more so to crew mm. because it raises... So true. Ability. Paid yeah. my rent for years, yeah. <laughs> because if you if you didn't if you weren't able to do a heartland, yeah. you wouldn't have the skills. Right? Totally. And I think yeah. that's always been a knock on Alberta. That's yeah. a good point. We didn't have the skills, we yeah. didn't have the studio. Yeah. Now we got a studio. Nice. Now we got the skills. So what else should people watch uh or, or check uh, out? Well, they Twitter. Can, they can they can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Fung and my Instagram. Uh they can watch the Beaverton right now. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. doing I'm doing a bunch of episodes on the Beaverton and they're super funny and they got all these CSA nominations. Yeah, the Beaverton's um, fantastic. Yeah. 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 And then Little Italy, uh date T BD though I think spring. Okay. Uh it's a romantic comedy. Hayden Christensen, Emma right, Roberts, right. Alyssa Milano, cast, Jane yeah. Seymour, Andrew Fung. Andrew Fung. Andrew Fung. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Wild. Yeah. And yeah. So that's coming out in the spring or summer. Cool. I'm really excited about that. And uh and and hopefully keep it to keep your eye out for Kim's convenience season three, but more so go back and watch season one and two. It's so Definitely. it's so yeah. funny, it's so yes. important to watch. Um and you get it for free. You can right. binge it, you know. Amazing. We just gotta we gotta be aware of that. Yeah. And and can we catch you doing improv still? Oh, you could always catch me doing loose moose at loose mooser. Yeah, right, at right, loose yeah. mooser, loosemoose.com, the best website of 1996. Nice. Um, and uh, I'm there. I'm there almost every Friday. Okay. Uh, because you know, I, when I'm here, I try to really build the improv community. Right. Um, but follow me on Twitter. I will post all my new show information. Cool. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for thanks being here, so man. Much for your time, Appreciate man. it. Hey, thanks for having me so much, guys. I love you. I love, <laughs> I love you, you too. Thanks, guys. What a guy. Oh my God. Amazing. What a guy. I lo- uh, so so good. fun. And yeah. and so awesome that he would, would do it. Uh, I was like, is he too, is he too Hollywood for us now? But not at all. I mean, he's so down to earth and yeah, so absolutely. cool. Uh, as, as you can tell by that conversation. Um, so thanks to Andrew Fung. Yeah. And thanks, happy man. birthday, belated yeah. birthday as well. Yeah. He, uh, between recording, he's had a birthday. So, uh, yeah. Thank you to, uh, to Andrew. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into the news you can use, we want to tell you uh, the Bleeding Art Industry's hot tip of the week. Uh, I just love this series so much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm week. so glad they're doing this. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, so it echoes the Boy Scout motto, be prepared. Special effects testing is critical. You'll save time, money, and stress on set when you test before shoot day. Always try to replicate the exact environment you're going to be shooting in. Is it frigid cold? Do you do your test in frigid cold or as close as you can? This applies across all departments. Careful testing in a similar environment reduces risk of failure and increases your confidence knowing you are totally prepared the day of the shoot. Uh, I can absolutely echo that sentiment. Completely yeah, true. And, and too few of us uh, follow that rule, yeah. but it, it's a must. Totally. Sure. Um, and you can see all of the Alberta Filmmakers podcast hot tips online at bleedingart.com. You know, Scott, sometimes uh, we complain that the government's not hearing our voice, uh, that, we right. have, that we're not being... They're not listening to us. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. just doing whatever they want. Well, if you are looking for a way to have your voice heard, there is a survey happening right now uh, that is uh, being uh, administered by a non-governmental organization, but the CRTC is the one listening to the answers. Um, so yeah, check out uh, check out the show notes, uh, or it's or you know you can find links in the in the in the show note, of course. 
Um, but you know, they want to know if, if you're still watching traditional TV and, and how you're watching it, uh, is, is it, you know, and, uh, and why you're watching yeah, TV yeah, versus, yeah. yeah. Are you watching are you online? online? Yeah. Are you listening to radio? So, yeah. um, so especially, uh, this industry, this, the, the listeners of this show should really take the time, uh, to, to say, you know, maybe, uh, you don't listen to traditional radio anymore. Maybe it's podcasts. I know I've <laughs> listened to a lot less radio, um, and, uh, podcasts are awesome. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I mean, what it does is it gives, you know, it, it, it you can also say how important uh, Canadian content is to your viewing and listening Absolutely. habits, mm. um, which uh, obviously we care about because it, it directly affects this industry. It directly right. affects the work that we're able to do in this industry um, because the government support is absolutely mandatory for it. Totally. So, yeah, get your voice heard. Uh, respond to the survey. Um, it's the CRTC survey. Uh, yeah, find out more in the show notes. Totally. Um, if you're a director or an actor, um, Upstart uh, is a workshop put on by Ampia. Um, and over an eight-week period, participants come together every Monday night to film scenes and watch their work from the week before. Um, so it's about exercising that muscle for uh, actors and directors to work together in a kind of a low-stakes um, experimental environment. Uh, and the hook, which I agree with, is don't let your skills get rusty waiting for the phone to ring. Absolutely. Get involved with Upstart and give your talent the regular work you deserve. So that's happening from February 12th to April 16th, Monday evenings. Um, Karen Ryan is facilitating this. Um, and you can, it, she's, we're actually running out of time to, to get involved in it. I think February 2nd is the deadline. Uh, she'll be making her decisions for who can uh, participate uh, on February 7th. So ampia.org slash workshops slash Upstart. This is amazing. Like we've taken it, but Matt and I both talk about it all the time because we've taken it many times. Uh, get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you have a kind of kids or family or you know uh, teen type type of show or piece of content, uh, the Shaw Rocket Fund wants to showcase it at uh, Kids Screen. Uh, Kids Screen is an event that happens um, all about you know you know family and kids entertainment, um, and it's a big conference that uh, you can be showcased at through the Shaw Rocket Fund. So uh, if you've got some content that makes sense for the conference, which is happening from February 12th to 15th, uh, you're going to want to reach out um, to the Shaw Rocket Fund and, uh, and, and tell them all about, you know, what, what awards have you won? What you know, press have you had? Are you working on anything new? They want to showcase uh, your work. So uh, get in touch and you can reach out to lisa at rocketfund.ca um, with uh, with a bunch of information, tell us why your project is so great, and uh, and and maybe you'll get showcased at uh, Kids Screen. If you are an emerging artist who have, who has considered, or sorry, who has completed their training or apprenticeship and are in the early stages of their professional arts career, uh, then you have a chance to uh, win ten thousand dollars cash and a medal presented by uh, the patron of the foundation of the uh, Lieutenant Governors of Alberta uh, for the Emerging Artist Award. Um, the deadline to apply for this is February 9th. Um, up to 10 artists will be selected. Uh, you can find out more at artsawards.ca. The Calgary Underground Film Festival is still looking for submissions. Uh, the deadline is February 5th, so uh, it's coming right up. And it's a really cool festival that has really grown uh, since 2003 when it first kicked off. Um, really uh, awesome, not just for international, but also for local filmmakers. Um, with awards ranging from Best Narrative Feature, Best Documentary Feature, Best Canadian Short Film, uh, among a bunch of awesome audience awards as well. So uh, check out uh, filmfreeway.com slash C-U-F-F uh, for more information on that and to submit your film. Uh, there is a scholarship available through the Alberta Foundation for the Arts um, of up to $5,000. 
uh, and that is awarded annually to a young Albertan film and video artist who shows extraordinary talent in a film and video arts form and who demonstrates clear educational or training goals. Um, so if you've got something in mind that you want to uh, you want to go for and you need some tuition money, uh, you can get 5000 bucks from the government to do it. So the application deadline for this is March 1st, uh, and there are full details in the show notes. The Shanghai International Film Festival uh, applications are open for their um, for the 25th year of uh, one of Asia's biggest film festivals. Uh, and open fields include the Golden Goblet Awards, uh, the International Panorama Program, the Industrial-Focused Film Market, and the SIFF Project aimed at feature film pr- producers looking for co-producers from China. So that's a cool festival that sounds like it's a market, awards, uh, you know, uh, um, networking opportunities, um, and you can check out siffsif.com uh, for more information on that. And Media has a Wicked screening coming up this Thursday, February 1st uh, at 7 p.m. It's the We Dream in Glitches, a part of the Particle and Wave Media Arts Festival. Uh, it's free to uh, get in. Um, and through the films of artists around the world, we explore isolated landscapes of visual spectacles, both nostalgic and strange. Um, so, you know, as, as with everything that Media puts out, uh, you're in for a pretty fun ride um, of visual arts. So it's definitely something to check out. Uh, like I said, Thursday, February 1st at 7 p.m. at M Media Screening Room, which is 2005 10th Ave Southwest. Check it out. Memento Mori is a Rosie Award winning film uh, that's airing on the documentary channel. Um, we don't often get to suggest screenings that are happening uh, on TV, right? Uh, but this is one of them, uh, produced with the uh, National Film Board of Canada. Uh, Edmonton's ID Productions uh, has their film uh, airing on CBC's documentary channel. So check it out February 9th, uh, March 25th, or March 28th at 6, 7, and 5 p.m. Uh, Mountain Standard Time. Or check out the show notes for more information. We, we were having a conversation recently about um, projection in movie theaters, how... It's yeah. not the art that it used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember we were talking about that? Yeah, it, um, it I used to be where, like... Uh, it used to be like a thing that like people yeah. were... Only a few in, right. in our city at least uh, kind of knew how to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it sounds like uh, at Ghost River Theater, they're, um, they're trying to bring it back a little bit. So they've got a workshop coming up called Video Projection uh, Intensive. And it's uh, put on by uh, longtime Ghost River Theater audiovisual designer and programmer Matthew Waddle. Um, it's for those looking to dive deeper into the world of digital video projection for live performance. Oh, so this isn't movie theaters. It's for live performance, which is right. uh, its own thing in and of itself. So it's a four-day, 18-hour workshop. It'll combine lectures, live demos, and in-class exercises that introduce participants to the current techniques and practices used to create and output digital video. Awesome. So uh, cool. We need yeah. more stuff like this. Um, it's, it, it's also got projection mapping on it. Um, Touch Designer, which is a tool for endless creative expression. Uh, so much to talk about. Uh, no time, but www.ghostrivertheater.com and find out more about it there. Something I was talking about at this workshop I was doing uh, over the weekend uh, was how to join the DGC. Right. Uh, the Directors Guild of Canada, if you want to get on set, it's not that hard, but there are a few requirements. One of them is the Film Production Assistant Workshop or uh, Program. Uh, it's only a six-hour course and it costs $129. Um, but once you have it and your flag training and the set etiquette and protocol, this is news too. You can get your flag training online now. What? You, you can just do it online. 65 bucks and do it online from what? home. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I just discovered it myself. So, uh, so you need those three things. Um, and then you can become a permittee in the DGC right? and, uh, you can start getting calls for working on, on big shows that happen in Alberta. Uh, so, uh, definitely want to reach out to this opportunity because there aren't that many, uh, of these workshops happening just yet. So it's right, Mount they don't Royal all the time. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Mount Royal's putting this one on, um, who knows when the next one will be. So, uh, February 3rd, Saturday, uh, from 10 to 4 PM, 
uh, check out the show notes or mountroyal.ca for more information. So there are two workshops coming up put on by uh, IATSE Local 212 uh, in Calgary. Um, the first one is called Grip One. It's a half-day, uh, four-hour introductory workshop on working in film in the grip department. Uh, Rick Milner will be the trainer. Uh, it is happening at William F. White, which is uh, down by the Calgary Film Center in the southeast of Calgary. Uh, $25 for IATSE members, $45 uh, for permittees. Um, yeah, you should definitely check it out. It's happening uh, this Friday. Yes. No, Sunday, February 4th. February 4th, Sunday. Uh, check out IATSE212.com for more information. Uh, and the other one is a respectful workplace training. Um, you'll be hearing more about this in the podcast in a couple of episodes coming up. Um, but of course, respectful workplaces are... Uh, have always been <laughs> mandatory. Um, Absolutely. And, and I think now we're, we're starting to figure out uh, how to make sure that everybody knows um, how to create and maintain a respectful workplace. Totally, totally. Um, it's a shame that, uh, you know, that our industry needs training on doing this, but mm-hmm. uh, obviously we do. So uh, yeah, this is happening on uh, February 10th and 11th. Uh, it's being taught by Natasha Tony, who is a future uh, guest on the podcast. Uh, it'll be $40. Lunch is provided. Um, check out more at iatsy212.com. Did you happen to see uh, Saturday Night Live over the weekend? I have not seen it yet, no. Will, Will Ferrell hosted and did a, a great sketch that was an ad for um, antiperspirant for men because uh, it's it's called uh, Next because, you know, every 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 man in Hollywood seems to be on the next, next list yeah. and so they're sweating. It was pretty funny. Um, uh, CSIF holding a couple of workshops, uh, one uh, for cinematography and one for film festival strategies. This is kind of a a new workshop, uh, but I'll get to that one in a second because cinematography also awesome and taught by the amazing Philip Letourneau, who's uh, an instructor over at SATE. Um, and it's happening on February 11th. Uh, and the cost is $75 for members and one fifteen for non-members. Um, and I, I can't say enough good stuff about Phil Letourneau, uh, an amazing cinematographer to learn from and Absolutely. such a great instructor, you know, he's really got the heart of a teacher and, uh, is is wonderful to learn from. On top of that, uh, happening the uh, on Saturday, February seventeenth at the CSIF, it is Film Festival Strategies and Brenda Lieberman and Cameron McGowan, locally renowned uh, festival programmers um, for uh, Calgary International and yeah. Calgary Underground. Yeah. Uh, they're going to give you all the secrets to to you know how to create a great festival strategy. Not waste your money if if you're if, you know if your film doesn't fit the right festival. Um, they're going to show you how to, you know, how to submit and package your, your, your film so that it, it's going to be, um, friendly for programmers to, to receive and understand and, and want to program. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't think of anyone better to be totally putting this workshop for on sure, than those two. Sure. Yeah. So that one's available for members for 75 and, uh, non-members for 115 as well. Uh, there's a few things shooting in Calgary, uh, and in Edmonton right now, the first is called Boat Movie, uh, which is being shot in Calgary. Uh, Chris Ball, who's been a guest on the podcast, yeah, uh, is shooting right now until February 5th. I think they're going to Belize, too. Oh, is that right? I think so. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, think I've seen yeah, some. Yeah, we'll have That's to chat cool. with him more about what that movie's all about. Yeah. Um, there's also something shooting in Calgary called True Fiction. Um, it's going to start February 5th to 28th through the month of February. Uh, Lars Lehman is, is the PM on that. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's going to be happening right away here. Uh, Tin Star season two um, is in pre-production until February 5th. And then they will go to camera. One under ERP season three has started shooting uh, in Calgary as well. So if you want to get on those shows, um, the DGC website has uh, some office contacts that you can uh, get your foot in the That's door. That's right, yeah. And then, uh, of course, Christmas Cupcakes, Dylan Pierce's feature 
uh, shooting in Edmonton. I'm actually not sure when they go to camera. I think they are going in March. March. End okay. of March. So coming up sure. anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty exciting. Um, if you've got a feature or a show or something that is shooting, uh, let us know so that we can let other uh, people in the industry know what's yes, going on. Yes, please do. So uh, quick recommendation for me. I was over at the ScreenPack uh, studio offices. Um, they're actually moving uh, soon, but ScreenPack is this cool... I mean, it reminds me of uh, uh, the YYC Media Lab. Um, it's going to be, uh, and it already is, an opportunity for for filmmakers and creators of all kinds in in Edmonton to uh, you know become a member, pay pay a small fee, and then have access to a studio space and cameras and live streaming capabilities and and so on and so forth. So, uh, really enjoyed meeting the people behind that and and speaking to some of their, their members uh, over the weekend. So, uh, thanks for having me and um, check out ScreenPack uh, and uh, link is in the show notes. Uh, I'm going to recommend uh, something that I may have done before earlier, maybe when we were first starting, but um, it's an invoicing online system and software called FreshBooks. Uh, If you're just getting started um, as a contractor or uh, you're starting a business, um, this is what we use at Full Swing. Uh, It's uh, it's a great way to manage uh, your invoices um, and you can see when when people click on an invoice and when they view it, you can actually track all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great way to keep your finances kind of in order. Um, it's a cool system, and uh, I would definitely recommend you check it out, freshbooks.com. Completely agree. Yeah. Um, so uh, wrapping things up here, we want to thank, as usual, uh, Briar for putting all this work, uh, all this wonderful deadlines and news and, and so on together. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's the big bonus of the podcast, and we couldn't do yeah, it better. Sure. Uh, also, Chad Blaine, who does our music, and Britt Clark, who does the uh, wonderful art for the podcast. Uh, if you're an Alberta filmmaker, this podcast is for and about you. So um, if there's anything going on that you want to share with the Alberta filmmaking community, um, there are actually people who listen to the podcast we're starting to learn. So, true. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a great way to get your message out there. Absolutely. Um, if we got something wrong or uh, we pronounced your name wrong, which uh, I'm sure we did, <laughs> um, we're happy to correct anything in the, in the following week or, or issue a correction or uh, probably an apology <laughs> uh, through social media or something. So just let us know. Uh, how can they reach us, Matt? Uh, you can reach us. Uh, the best way is probably hello at abfilmcast.ca just shoot us an email but you can also reach out on twitter instagram facebook soundcloud uh, and it's all abfilmcast on all of those wonderful platforms and don't forget to check us out on itunes if you're not already and give us a five-star rating on there if you can closing out the show is a wonderful message from the alberta post-production association and after you're done listening to that go make make something. something The Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is proudly sponsored by APA, the Alberta Post-Production Association. APA represents technical and creative professionals working behind the scenes in editing, sound, and visual effects. Our members live here in Alberta and support producers with expertise in picture editing, color grading, graphic design, compositing, audio post, music scoring, and so much more. For more information about post-production, visit APA online at albertapost.org.